And what we needed was our offense to score today. And then what we needed from our defense is to get stops when we needed to. And that's what we did today. We did enough on defense to be able to win. All right. And then offensively, okay, that second half was fantastic. And um, really proud of, of our entire team for winning that game because it took every man in that room to win it. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gillio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe Ojo, G, Aaron Hawksworth on a Tuesday morning. The voice there of Brandon Staley, I think the official coach of BetQL Daily. Love that guy. And his <laughs> team is playing great football right now. Great win over the Browns on Sunday. Let's talk some NFL here. Jim Sonis of FanDuel and Number Fire. Kind enough to join us on a Tuesday morning. Jim, we'll start with last night, Monday Night Football. The Ravens come back. Lamar Jackson has a tremendous offensive performance, over 500 yards of total offense. Jim, what was the biggest takeaway from you? The Ravens' defense struggling against a suspect Colts offense or the Ravens' offense, specifically Lamar, throwing them back in the game? Which side stood out to you more last night? Definitely Lamar bringing them back in that game. Because if there was one like lingering criticism of Lamar Jackson, it was, okay, can he lead a team when they're in a hyper-negative script where rushing is not as relevant and where they know it'll be a drop-back passing game? And I think we saw like his first year in the playoffs, or even the Tennessee game in the playoffs a couple years ago, that wasn't really a thing they were capable of then, whether it was because of Lamar still developing as a passer, whether it was because of a lack of pass-catching depth, you know, youth for Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. They couldn't really do that yet, but they did that against a decent Colts defense. I don't think that they're, like, great by any means. Definitely probably a bit overhyped coming into the year, but to see them do that in that situation, even with Sammy Watkins going down in game, no Rashad Bateman yet, I thought that was really impressive. So I think to me, what that says is that the Ravens are capable of digging themselves out of holes, which, I mean, fair or not, that was the perception previously that they could not do. So I think that proving that there in a spot where the Colts needed to win, I, I think that was pretty impressive. That's my biggest takeaway is the fact that they can climb themselves out of holes, which gives you a lot more flexibility in terms of money line stuff with them. Uh, Jim, it's remarkable if you look at the top of the AFC, the depth that they have. And this is something that we've uh, discussed over the last few days, and especially with uh, Baltimore's performance, what they needed, the comeback that they needed against a, a, a not great Colts roster, especially with all their injuries right now. If you're power ranking the AFC, I mean, and of course, Kansas City, uh, disappointing too many, but as challenging of a schedule that you're going to find in the National Football League. Um, where are your top three? Because, of course, we have Buffalo, uh, Cleveland, the Chargers. Everybody's hot on them. Last night, Baltimore. And then I don't know that you can keep Pat Mahomes outside the top three in the AFC. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I think you still keep him up there. I wouldn't push back on anyone who had them first still. Like, I, I know that they're two and three. I know the defense is really, really bad. And defense does matter. But if I'm going to have – a weakness at this point in the year, I'd want to be the defense because defense is more chaotic earlier on. You know, there's a lot more variance in defense. I think they're legitimately bad. So I don't, I don't think this is just like variance that has led to them being bad. But if you're going to be bad somewhere, you'd rather be bad there. So I still think Kansas City's in the top three for sure. I have Buffalo and the Chargers, actually, uh, number three in the AFC right now. That could be a tad overly optimistic. But I think that when you look at the teams they've played, they played a lot of really good teams, and they've played them really well. They had that, that Cowboys win, which looks better, or that, the Cowboys loss, which looks better and better each and every week, a game where they could have won it but had, like, 
all these absurd, crazy penalties inside the red zone. Now the red zone offense is clicking. They are, you know, making things work. They're scoring touchdowns there, even when they don't want to. Uh, <laughs> That's happened that that Browns game. I think that they're number three. I believe in this defense. Um, I believe in Justin Herbert. And I think that, you know, given the teams they face, given how well they played against those teams, and given the fact that I think they might be in the driver's seat to get the one seed, given their schedule after this Baltimore game, I kind of think the Chargers are third for me at worst. I think three is, is, I, I don't know if that's too high, but I feel like it's hard for me to put them lower than that right now. Jim Sonis of FanDuel, number fire, joining us here. Beck Hildelli presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. All right, let's go back to the Chargers. We, you know, we played Staley when we came in here. Great game plan. I mean, aggressive on fourth down, unlike Stefanski with Baker Mayfield. Do you think Justin Herbert could keep this up? I mean, Jim, his numbers on third and fourth down this season are unbelievable. I mean, better than most quarterbacks in any other situation. He's been that good. Do you, do you think Herbert could keep this up, specifically in those clutch moments, those big moments, those leverage moments in games? He can't be as good as he's been because it's, like you said, it's ridiculous. Like, no one's going to be that good over a large sample. But when we talk about regression, it's important to remember they're regressing back towards expectation. And expectation for Justin Herbert is that he'll be above average on third and fourth down. Not just because of him, but also because he's got bodies that you want on third down. You know, you look at Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, you're like, okay, those dudes can make it work on third down. And then Jared Cook is, you know, easily south there. Donald Parham at times as well. Austin Eckler can make things happen. So he's not going to be as good as he's been, but I still think he will be uh, probably one of the better third slash fourth down passers in the league. It also does help that, like, he knows there's a chance that his coach will go for it on fourth down, which I think gives him a lot more flexibility to be maybe be a bit more aggressive on third down, take some chances he might not take otherwise. So I think it's a combination of the fact that he's a good quarterback with they've got good personnel for those types of situations, and he knows that his coach believes in him and will give him shots at fourth down. I think you combine those factors, it's going to make them an above-average team on the situations, even if they can't sustain how good they've been so far. Uh, Jim, let's talk about Arizona Cardinals, 13-1 at FanDuel Sportsbook, and the odds would suggest that they're slightly better than Green Bay right there with Dallas. Are you a believer? I think that they're right there. I've actually I've got them, if I'm looking at my power rankings right now, I've got them right between those two teams uh, in the in the NFC, Dallas right ahead of them, Green Bay right behind them, and then being behind uh, Tampa Bay and the Rams in the NFC, and you know, it's it's hard to dispute what they've done so far, and I think they're doing it potentially kind of like the Chargers, where it's a bit unsustainable because it's kind of like, okay, Kyler, go win the game. And that doesn't always work, especially now with Kyler's shoulder being banged up. Like, I'm looking at this number against Cleveland right now, and I don't think they should be three-point dogs personally in that game, and I'm wondering how much of that is concern over Kyler's shoulder, which didn't look fully healthy in that game last week against San, uh, against San Francisco. So, a little bit wary of that. I kind of want to see what the injury report looks like uh, for them this week. But I think overall, like if you told me, okay, it was just, you know, he's fine. I would be pretty into the, the, the Cardinals just because I think that they are showing they can get some turnovers on defense. Kyler is Kyler and they've got more depth in their pass catches than they've had the past couple of years. I think those things combined to make them a legitimate threat. I'm just worried about this Kyler shoulder thing and hoping it's not more than, oh, he was just a little bit banged up during the game. Jim, the Cowboys continue to play really good football. They are now 5-0 against the spread. They have been one of the stories of the NFL. I feel like almost in a way we're not talking about them enough. You know, the Cowboys are 4-1. Everyone's talking about them. It's like, yeah, they're good. 
They're really good. Um, and last week, again, just take – I know the Giants had injuries there. But Dallas, are you starting to think about Dallas in the context of not just they're going to win the NFC East, which they should at this point, but bigger, that the Dallas Cowboys are a legitimate Super Bowl threat out of the NFC? Yeah, I think we could have had that like thought going into the year, honestly. I think that they were a bit underrated coming into the year because we knew if healthy Dak Prescott – had the potential to be to quarterback a top five offense because they were getting Tyron Smith back. Um, they were getting the offensive line healthier. They were getting CD Lamb, Mark Cooper, Michael Gap, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The offense had that top five upside. Basically what you needed was some good variance on defense. And, you know, they had devoted a lot of resources on defense, uh, both last year and this year with Trayvon Diggs and then Micah Parsons. But also bringing in Keanu Neal, maybe that's one that works out. And we've kind of seen that happen. So, like, you give me a top five offense with a defense with the potential to be league average, that's the recipe for a team that can contend. So I think that we were a bit uh, low on them coming into the year. And as a result, we haven't really caught up to how good they are. And because like you said, they're five and no against the spread. Typically you'll see books adjust to that and catch up. Okay. Yeah. We're losing, you know, we're constantly not being in line with the market on the, on this team. And you'll see over adjustments. I don't see that for week six, at least. They're facing New England. Uh, it's a four-point spread right now, and I think it should be a bit wider, partly because I just don't – I don't know. I feel like Mac Jones might have gotten a bit overrated based on the Tampa Bay game because the 19 story completions and stuff like that. I, I think that Dallas – I don't think the numbers have fully caught up to them yet. I think that you can still get some value on them despite the fact they are 5-0 and against the spread. Twelve regular season games left, and you can find Pat Mahomes eighteen to one right now to be the MVP. What do you think? I think it's interesting because, like, think of the numbers he's going to put up, Joe. Like, yeah, <laughs> like going to break all these records. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's going to be absurd what he's going to do. And I think the one counterpoint to that is, is like. Is that the best story among the guys who put up the really good numbers? Because Justin Herbert's going to put up really good numbers. You know, it's always oh, second year guy, made this leap, doubted coming out of college, et cetera, et cetera. Lamar um, making this step forward as a passer. I think that great story there. Kyler is kind of a fun breakout guy. I think that the narratives around them might be more fun than Pat Mahomes carrying this hideous, hideous defense. But 18 to 1 for a guy who's, I know he's had some turnovers, but like, Patrick Mahomes' numbers are his numbers are still really good. Like from an expected points number, he's had some weird stuff going on. So you give that offensive line more time to gel. You give Mahomes more time to adjust to you know not having a true number two wide receiver behind Tyree Kill out there. Maybe he gets more comfortable with Michael Harmon stuff like that. I think the numbers he puts are going to be stupid, and I think that the, the totals we see in those games are going to be just absurd week in week out. Because if you're Andy Reid you can never take your foot off the gas. Like if you're up 31 to 10, that's not a safe lead with this defense. So I feel like they're going to be putting up absurd numbers for Pat Mahomes, but also like the totals in those games are going to be uh, amazing. So I think that like all things uh, point to this chief's offense being crazy, crazy fun, despite the fact they've had some bumpiness, even on offense uh, so far. So Jim, then um, we were looking at it earlier before you hopped on Joe. Uh, just going through the MVP market right now. There's nine guys. Mahomes is at the bottom of that. those nine right now in terms of odds at the moment. Allen, Murray, Prescott, Herbert, Brady, Rogers, Stafford, Lamar, Mahomes. And then there's a gigantic drop. It's basically like those nine are in their own stratosphere and then forget everybody else for right now. If you had to guess right now or put a wager right now, 
where would you go? Because, you know, as we talk through this, as you answer that last question, it made me think of baseball steroid era. They're all going to break records. There's 17 games now. The NFL's an offensive league. They're all going to have numbers at the end of the year that it's like, how is this guy not the MVP? But obviously only one guy is going to win the MVP. Where would you lean right now as we enter week six if you're guessing the MVP? I feel like Herbert's the best relative to his number at 6-1, to one, just because, like I said, after that Baltimore game, they don't have a lot of you know tough games down the stretch. If I'm looking at my preseason numbers, I had them favored in 10 of their final 11 games, and that was before we saw a confirmation that Justin Herbert in 2020 was going to be what we got at Justin Herbert in 2021. So I feel like, to me, there's a chance, and it's not, probable it's not probable but there is a good chance that the chargers win 14 games this year and if they do that with herbert putting up the numbers he's put up it's gonna be really hard not to give him the mvp i think that brady was initially the guy who i was a bit drawn towards because there is kind of a fun narrative there just given the age and stuff like that uh but i think that we'll see some losses at some point for tampa bay just because that defense is so banged up so if i'm looking at like this from a voting perspective, or, okay, we want a good narrative. We want, um, you know, a young guy who's ascending stuff like that. And someone who's going to win a lot of football games. Herbert at six to one. I think there actually is still some value there. Uh, Jim, you quickly mentioned Dallas favored by four at new England. Any other games that really stand out as uh, we first glance at the week six, week six card. Yeah, I think the the Arizona one, I want to wait to see what Kyler's health is. If we get the the Wednesday injury report, he's like a full practice with that shoulder. I would say taking plus three there is really attractive to me. I I think it's partly because I'm not as high on Cleveland as everyone else. I like, I think I like Baker more than everyone else, but I I still don't, I'm not sold on the team as a whole quite yet. So I think Arizona plus three, if we get confirmation that Kyler's shoulder is healthy Wednesday, I will go there. I do like the Chargers plus three and a half against Baltimore. Baltimore just played this massive emotional game on Monday Night Football. They're on short rest now. Chargers are flying east, uh, but I just think they're a really good football team. So I think that uh, Chargers plus three and a half pretty attractive to me. I've liked what I've seen from Justin Fields, show. I, I think that it's definitely been um, the past two weeks with him and Bill Lazor have been good, but four and a half for Green Bay is a pretty small number. So I think to mm-hmm. me... The ones that stand out most right now are Arizona, the Chargers, and then Green Bay outside of Dallas. Uh, the ones that stand out most to me is ones where I'm seeing some value right now, not betting Arizona yet because I do want to see the Kyler Health stuff, but the other ones I think I'd be comfortable pulling the trigger on right now. That was Jim Sonnes. Jim, we appreciate it. Jim Sonnes, FanDuel, number five. Here's on the Roman guest line. Get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BetQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. Coming up, we got to go off the board and dive into the ALDS game today. The White Sox and the Astros and... Boy, it's getting, there's a lot of talk going on before the games and after the games between those two tips. I can't wait to talk about that, and we'll go off the board as well. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth, Beck UL Daily, presented, as always, by FanDuel Sportsbook.